Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. I have to apologise straight away because I've got a real froggy throat. First time back at the Bet365. But we're back and we're back with a fantastic performance and a 3-2 win. We're obviously going to cover that. We're going to go through the player ratings. We're going to do it with Ange this time. Plus we're going to discuss returning to the Bet365. We're also going to discuss the Supporters Council, which I'm glad to say I've applied for. If you can, out of the goodness of your heart, vote for me. I'll try my damn best to try and make change to the football club if I can get myself on the council I'm going to try the questions that you put forward foot to me to the club to try get issues and things fixed that's the aim of me going on if you can vote for me that'll be a fantastic thing for my life to try and help Stoke fans and supporters council I'm really sorry I'm really croaking up but hopefully Angie isn't so we'll, we'll discuss that soon and at the end of the show obviously we'll talk about the transfers what we think we need what we think needs to happen so enjoy Angie how are you feeling? Well actually I'm on top of the world how about you? I am I feel fantastic after yesterday it was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> isn't it funny what a difference a bit of, bit of bladder going into a leather thing and being batted in the neck and do to you oh it was great it, was, it wasn't just the, the football it was the, it was the whole day it felt like being back home again it was such a great feeling i mean i wasn't for you going back to normality as people say uh, it was great i thought i was disappointed i guess with the crowd i thought there'd be more there but then i can understand why there wasn't holiday time people still a bit frightened about covid some people having no money because they've lost their jobs uh, but the atmosphere was great, and it was just nice to get a, a, a rush of adrenaline, not once, but like three times, you know, at home, three times. We're becoming prolific. I mean, the last home game we scored five, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest, I've, my voice is completely gone, to be honest. I'm not used to it. <laughs> I haven't been singing for two years, and I've, got, I've lost my voice. <laughs> Uh, it was a. It was great to be back. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I was disappointed a lot with the with the crowd. I mean, especially where we were, because I sit right, of course, towards the away end, and I saw yeah. the corner completely empty, which I think is the buy on the day seats or something. Oh, that's where you it's can buy, buy on the seats. day, and it's also where lots of the school kids go when they're given tickets from the schools. Well, of course, it's holiday time, so you've not got that either. But uh, compared to to some of the matches, I think it was a decent enough crowd. I mean, we've got Fulham and Middlesbrough on at the moment, and Fulham aren't always the best attended club, but there's quite a few patches in, in the crowd there today. So, look, we're back and it's a start, and presumably if Stoke keep winning, um, more and more people will want to go. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, it was a, having finally get into the football, I mean, it was a fantastic um, match to come back to really because it was it was full of emotion. I was feeling everything because I was feeling ec- ecstatic at the first goal because it was a well worked goal. Then watching the absolute calamity for the equaliser, so I was angry. Then I instantly went back <laughs> to to being happy again because we took the lead again. Yeah, I mean, in ninety seconds, you saw everything about Stoke City, didn't you? Yeah. The joy, the despair, the joy. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. And it was great to see debut boost boy Sam Sorich score an absolute fantastic goal. Yeah, and, and I do think, I mean, I was lucky enough to speak to him after the game, but I do think that uh, a lot of the credit for that has to go to Vrancic for the dummy, but it was an excellent finish. I mean, he moved well in the box um, and the finish was great. Yeah, it got a deflection, but I don't think the keeper saved it anyway. So uh, a great start for him. And uh, he's the sort of bloke that, looks delighted to be playing for the shirt something that 
we perhaps have lacked in the last few seasons. Right, so we're going to the hardest part, and it's the best part there, which is the player ratings. So we'll jump straight in with Joe Bersic. What did you have of, uh, think of his display? And first match in front of a crowd as well at Stoke. I thought his kicking was poor, and I thought that was one of his best parts of his game before, but I thought his kicking was poor yesterday. I did feel that he played a part in the calamitous equaliser, but apart from that, he really what he had to do, which wasn't a great deal, he did well. I don't think you could fault him apart from that with any of the goals. But when you let two goals in, you can't get a ten. I think seven is a is a decent score for him. What do you think? Uh, I was going to go in with six. I mean, I, I felt that he looked nervous. He felt on edge, which I'm hoping that'll burn him out of him sooner rather than later. Um, I thought he did well in the second half. He made a couple of good saves. That I think kept us in, but I think the way the way he kicks and the way he he handled himself for that equaliser was it just knocks him down for me. You, you can't do that in football. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter what level you are, what what part of the season it is. And as a game on game, I'll, I'll I'll give him a like I say, I'll give him a six for the performance. I thought he's got to make sure that those mistakes don't creep in. Because I know it's a young goalkeeper. Ian, it'll be interesting to see, because I, I, I know we're going through the players' ratings, but just while we're on about Bursic, it'll be interesting to see. I don't think he'll play Tuesday. I think Davis will play. And at this moment in time, I actually think Davis is a slightly better goalkeeper because of the experience he's got. And you could turn around and say, well, he won't get the experience if he doesn't play. I, I think Bursic will be a much better goalkeeper eventually, but at this moment in time... I would have Davis as my first choice, but he's picked Bursic and we've both gone with a, a score that he can improve on. Yeah, right, so now we're going to Tommy Smith. I thought Tommy Smith had a decent game. Um, I don't think he's the greatest of full-backs, but he's our full-back and his crossing has got better and I would give him a seven again. To be honest, I'm going to go with an eight, to be honest. Getting, oh, okay. Going in with a two assists. I thought his, his, his low cross for the first, well, the cross for the power goal was fantastic. Yes, that's a fair comment, yeah. Uh, it was his ball that came across that was dummied by Branches as well, which helped him to yeah. a second one. I mean, he did everything I could ask for, really. Um, again, he, he obviously struggles getting back, which we know, but with the cover of having Ben Wilmot on that right-hand side really helps him because it gives him that security if he can't get back quick enough so I, to be honest I think Smith deserves an 8 I think he was third for me to man of the match and um, yeah like I say I'll give him an 8 I think he was good good performer uh, Saturday and if he carries on like that he could even change my mind on him alright well I'm still going with a 7 <laughs> a bit nasty today what's going on <laughs> oh dear Right, so we'll move into Ben Wilmot, who I thought had an impressive debut. Um, a little bit shaky at times, but I thought he did okay. I thought he was all right. Well, I haven't got a stammer, but I'm going to go for seven again. Oh. Um, I thought he was shaky at times. I think he's he's got a lovely pass going forward. Um, I'm, I'm not yet convinced that he's the best of defenders, but I'll put a lot down to, again, the crowd and being nervous. I, I think you were quite right about Bursic. Players were nervy yesterday. Um, it was his, his, his home debut. Um, and I thought he was adequate, but I think he can do much better. And I think there's uh, still a couple of mistakes in him going backwards. So it's a seven from me. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to go seven. I thought at times defensively it was a mistake, but... Is a player to push us forward in from the defensive areas. I think he's even better than Suti. 
with the way he pushes forward and helps out, but it's his pace that I was really impressed with. He was everywhere. And I haven't yeah. said that about a Stoke player for a long time where you're looking at him going, bloody hell, he's everywhere. <laughs> I like him. And I think he does help Tommy Smith on that defensive area where he could just pop in and help out and support him at right wing back if if he can't get back. And then when Smith gets back in, he sort of covers his role, which is what I've been asking for a long time, a bit of, a bit of brains when it comes down to the defensive areas. So, yeah, I'll go in with a seven. And now we'll move on to Danny Batts. Now, here's something that I wasn't really going to say. You know, I thought he played well in the friendly against the Villa. I thought, he, sorry, against Wolves. Um, and yesterday, I thought there were times when he kept. Uh, whilst he's not the greatest defender for me, yesterday I thought he was one of the best because he had the calm head. Um, when he was going up to attack balls, he, he was winning them. I thought he held the defence together yesterday, and I'm going to give him an eight. Give him an eight. Wow. Yeah. Wow, I can't yeah, I believe it. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm going four to be honest, Tim. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'll I'll go over steady seven as well. I thought he was he was good, but at times when the crosses come in and everything, which has always been his problem for me, Danny, by times, it's 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 the consistency of him which is why I think we've been falling apart over recent years because he, he has two good games and he disappears. But on this game yesterday, I thought he did his job well. I thought he was that steady Eddie in the middle, which obviously we will be replaced by Suter when Suter's back fit. But I can't knock him yesterday. The only thing I, I have a bit of a myth for is I think he was at fault a little bit for not marking his man for the equaliser. I think the second equaliser, obviously, in the second half. But other than that, I thought, yeah, he had a decent display, to be honest. Yeah. And another shock that I saw on the when I was a bit of angry when I was reading the squad report when I was not Morgan Fox, but Mark Morgan Fox at the left centre back. Yes, um, are we going to talk about Morgan Fox now for points? Uh, well, we'll we'll just first talk about him and then we'll then we'll mark him after. Right. Well, Morgan Fox, I thought had a, a decent game, although. I was actually getting quite annoyed when I felt he should have buried that chance he had. Um, you know, it, it was a, a nice cross and he put it the wrong side of the post. Um, I, I'm, I'm not convinced about him playing in that position. I'm not convinced about him in any position, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, I'm not, to be honest. I'm not but, his biggest fan. But, but he's, playing as, uh, he's playing better than I thought he did before he got injured so uh, there's an improvement for me with him um, and if we are getting to the point scoring situation I'm going back to the seven uh, I'm giving him a six to be honest it's um, very harsh Ian it's, I don't know but he, I, I just thought you don't like him you've got favourites already I'd, I've never liked him to be honest I didn't like him when he played for Sheffield Wednesday either, so you know it's 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 it's, consi- it's a consistent not liking Um I don't see where he fits in any... You can't play him in that position. I don't like him there. No, I would agree. He, he, he looked a bit uh, out of sorts in that position. He, he just looked too easy to get past, and, and it was yeah. quite clear all the way through the game. And At first, I thought, well, is he going to play it, covering it left wing back? But he wasn't able to do that role either. He, he seemed to be very laboured for a man who plays as a left back and can play left wing back, has been said. and. Yeah. To be honest, it was causing time and to drop deeper and deeper and deeper. Where on the other side, where Wilmot was covering and helping that position, it was giving Smith freedom to get forward and get in greatest chances. 
But on the left side, it wasn't happening. And that was mainly down to Fox not doing that covering role when it comes to when Tymon was breaking forward. And yeah. for me, that is a tactical problem, which is why he gets a six. It was going to be a five, but it's going to be a six because at least he did, he did okay. He, but I just don't think we can keep him in that position long term. As a backup, no. maybe. But... To be honest, I think we're missing Chester in that role, if if I'm honest. But again, can he cover that ground? But we'll talk about later in the transfer. So six for me. And okay. then we'll move delightfully on for Josh Tymon. Now, I think Josh Tymon struggles from being one of these people that um, is versatile enough to play in several positions and do an adequate job in several positions. But yesterday... I thought he had a, a pretty, well, more than an accomplished game for him. I thought he was outstanding in many ways. He, his ability to get up and down the field, his ability to run into space and, and look for passes, especially in the second half, uh, I thought was good. And I thought it was one of his better games for Stoke City yesterday. Um, having said that, um, I was going to give him an eight, but if there was a seven and a half, I'd give him that. So I'm still sticking with the seven. Because I think he could do better, but I thought he he, he showed well yesterday. And um, considering he's a jack of all trades, master of none, I thought he, he put in a good shift. I think we've discovered who does the ratings for the Sentinel now. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell Martin Spinks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go in with a six again with time. And Why? I'm going to go in with a six because... I, it just didn't affect the game enough for me. Like I, I did like how he was bringing the ball in. I, I liked how he was getting up, but he wasn't bombing up in creating chance. And he missed an absolute sitter in my book. The, the fact is, I, I don't know where playing. <laughs> it's like you said that he's like a master of. He's not a master of any position. And you know, half the time I was like watching him going, "Why is he at centre midfield now? Why isn't he pushing out wide?" Because we, we're, we're losing pay, width on the on the left-hand yeah. side. And I, I was looking at him going, there was a bit of frustration coming in because when we were getting defensive, he, what, he kept getting beaten all the time as well, which was really frustrating. Um, I, I don't know where, the thing is with time, and I don't know where playing because he doesn't seem to have an attribute that, that looks in. You can see there's quality in him. There's no question of that. But again, another performance where I'm looking at him going, I don't really know where playing. Because he can't seem to defend for someone who plays left as a left wing back or left back, and he, he doesn't seem to have that deadly edge of a winger either. So I'm struggling where to play him. And, and, and yesterday was another performance where I looked at it and goes, I don't really know. But he, like you say, he did, he did sort of run well with the ball. But that's all I can. That's all I can say really. <laughs> to, to well, we, you know, there have been times when we'd have given anything for somebody to run around with the ball, <laughs> that technical term. Um, but there you go. I mean, I just think you're a Josh Tymon hater and very early in the season. No, because I love Josh Tymon, you should know that. Yeah. Well, I'd hate you to hate him. <laughs> <laughs> right, so now we're moving to the new Stoke City skipper, Joe Allen. Right, now, Joe Allen is clearly a class footballer. He's an international for me, I struggle at times for all his class and all his ability to see the impact he has for Stoke City. And yesterday, I think he, he tidied up one or two things well. He did okay. he just did okay for me. Um, and I feel that now he's captain, he should perhaps look. It's early days, and you can't base anything after one game. 
But I wasn't overly impressed with him yesterday, or have I got that wrong as well, Ian? No, no, you're absolutely right. I, I can tell which player you ate the most. That's that's just show what's gone out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't hate anybody that pulls on a Stoke shirt that's currently playing. Um, we'll come on to something afterwards. I'm going to give him a six. A six? Oh, a six. Well, to be honest, I'm getting lower. I'm giving you a five. I'm giving him a five. There you go. <laughs> to be honest, I hated him. To, to be honest, I thought he was the worst player on the pitch. To be well, honest, well, I did. That's why I'm giving him a six. Yeah. But when th- you win, I don't really think you can give somebody less than a six. To be honest. Oh, I think but you can. But you can obviously. Yeah, well, you, you can. Give him a five. I can't I can't remember which game it was. Um, was it when we won four three against Sheffield Wednesday? I gave a, I gave Morgan Fox a three. <laughs> so, 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 so I can. Um, I'm giving him a five because, to be honest, he's the worst player on the pitch. I don't really know what he's doing. He, yeah. he he doesn't sort of stick in that holding role, which is why I feel defensively we slip apart. I feel that he's now the problem of not getting Lucas in, who I think's got more attributes that could either create a chance and score a goal. And yeah. I think he's he's the same player as he was when he first came, when he come in and got on the way, when Glenn Whelan got dropped for him or Bowyang got dropped for him and there was a better player on the bench than, than he was. I mean, there's a lot of stick and a lot of people. He, he splits the fan base, Joanne. He's like a 50-50 player. He's like Marmite. You either like him or you don't. Now, I've never been a big fan of Joanne, apart from when he first joined and was banging them goals away. But other than that, I don't know what he brings to the team, especially if somebody who's now the captain and you're looking at him going, he's got to be the leader, he's got to inspire this team. But he was just running around everywhere. There was, he wasn't properly being a holding midfielder, he wasn't properly being a central midfielder and, he, and there was, he never broke forward well enough to attack. So for me, it's a five and straight away for me, I'd drop him, to be honest, with yeah. returning Lucas if, if I was the manager. I don't think he's going to be dropped off by virtue of the fact that he's captain, but... Um... I would be surprised if he played um, the full 90 on Tuesday. Well, I think it's time for a, a Thompson and maybe a Klukas for that, but we'll discuss that after. Uh, right, we'll move on to my man of the match, uh, Mario Vrancic. Now, you see, you're deliberately, you're doing what all, all people do there. You're trying to put a thought in my mind so that I will pick him for man of the match. You, you, you've said straight away, my man of the match, which means now you're putting pressure on me. Well, I'm going to tell you now, Mr. Meller, I'd already picked him as man of the match, so um, you're second there. I thought he was outstanding. Being serious now, I thought he was outstanding. His, his ability to uh, pass from a dead ball situation, you know, to, to do a good dead ball pass, to do a, a cross, um, his free kicks were dangerous. Uh, I, I just think he's added something to the team, but he needs, a, he needs more legs with him. And the only downside that I saw from, from him playing yesterday was that I thought Powell was playing a little bit deeper too. Now, that might not have been because of Vantage, but I thought Powell was a little bit deeper than we'd seen him in the past, although we played well and it worked. But for me, Vantage has is, is added a, a great deal of class to the team and you just know that when he gets on, on the ball um, that something positive is going to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, so for me, he's going to get an eight. Uh, just an eight? Wow, yeah. right. Well, I'm getting over nine. I thought he was his oh, his dead ball position. He, the way he crosses balls, it's like the first one where he put that first corner in. We're all looking, going right. Let's see how good he is. Beautiful ball, straight through. Was it Danny Batter got the header in it at the side netting very early on? Yeah. 
What a ball that was. I could, <laughs> what a ball. It was perfect, straight onto Danny Batten. Obviously, he missed, he missed it, didn't he? But to be honest, it's not just that. It's the way he moves the ball. He seems to find space all the time. And but that's, that's the thing with, with class footballers, though. They find space. Even when they pass their best, any player you see, they've got time. When Wayne Rooney played for Derby against us, when he was past his best, he, he, he had the ability to make space and time. And that's what Vrantic does. And as you say, he's, he's just class with a dead ball. I, I'm, sh- I'm shocked he hasn't played higher from already the one match I've seen him play. I'm surprised he didn't go higher because he's... He, I liked how he moved. I liked how he was, and, I, and every, the thing that surprised me was how quick he was as well for a man of his age. Because I know he's not far away from thirty-three. I thought his movement was well. He, he and at times he didn't need to run. Do you know like when Joe Allen just sort of runs round like an headless chicken? Mario didn't do that. He sort of waited, well, let the defender or midfielder walk off him, and then get into a nice position and then spray a ball to Simon or put the ball in for Brown. It, for me, he was genius, and, and that. That nutmeg for the Sam Surridge goal was was just genius, really. That he yeah, that he I saw mean, the headline. Like again, that. I just thought that, that that made the goal. It was a good finish, yeah. But it was just Surridge said he didn't expect him to do it. He thought he was going to hit it, which actually made Surridge's goal even better, in my opinion, because he had less time to think about it. But um, he's just a class player, and. We've been looking out for that class player, but I just think you'll need a little bit more legs around him, and I'm not sure that Alan is the legs that will be good enough to be around him. But, yeah, class, class player. Class and, a, and a, a definite man of the match for me, and that's how. Uh, and well, me first, obviously, but um, <laughs> we'll go into the next one, which is Nick Powell. Right now, Nick Powell for me is just a player of immense class and ability and shouldn't be playing at Stoke City because he's he's that good. He should have... He, it's been a bit of a waste, his career, in my opinion. Not... not but we've picked, picked up from that. He should never have ended up at Wigan and Stoke. Um, but the, historically, he's he, he thinks there's more to life than just playing football and, and that's probably uh, had an influence on, on where he's ended up playing. But that's our gain and I think he is such a good footballer again he, he he took that cross on and he slammed it in the net and um i thought he played okay i've seen him play better um he, he's he's very intelligent isn't he it's the work he does um with the ball not just the passes but it's the way he has this ability to irritate the opposition and win fouls I mean, I I'm not supposed to. We're not supposed to use certain terms when we're doing podcasts, etc. But there's, etc. But there's a bit of S H I T housery about him, which um, is 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 really good. It's what you want to see from players in your own team. Too often in the past, we've seen other teams come and eighty players, but pe- players don't like other clubs. Players and fans don't like Nick Powell not just because he's a good player, but because he gets under the opponent's skin. And I thought yesterday was an adequate performance by him. And in the past, when he hasn't figured highly or been the man of the match, Stoke have struggled. And that, to me, was an indication yesterday that maybe we have gone up a notch because he wasn't his outstanding best. He was comfortably a, a good player with a good performance. And for that, he's going to get a seven from me. 
Another seven, right. Uh, I'll go in with a seven as well. Um, I thought he had a good performance. There's no question. He took his chance well. And I agree with you. He, he irritates teams because he, when he gets the ball, he seems to always be a step ahead of the defenders around him. I think he's too good for this division. I've, I've said that many a time on the podcast. He's one of them players that does go missing, which I've said so many times, but when he does get the ball, something happens. It's either a chance or or a creation of nearly a chance. It's what He's one of them players that is very effective for a team like Stoke because, to be honest, he is our best player. I don't care what anybody says, unless Campbell starts coming back and really laying off and starts scoring a load of goals. He is our best player. I think the only problem with him second half, I think first half he was absolutely amazing. Second half he did wane off a bit. He, to be honest, he wasn't one of his best games, but he still gets a seven from me, which shows how good of yeah. a player he is. Because exactly. he, he went completely missing second half. I can only remember him sort of making quick, sharp passes in the second half. But even when he got subbed off, it created a goal. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, what, it's one of them players where, you know, you just have to look at a player like Nick Powell and think how lucky we are to have him at this club. Yeah, we are. And long may he stay at this club, which is, I think, what most fans are worried that we're bothered about at the moment. Oh, is he going to let his contract run down and him just go on a free? Or if somebody comes in for him, is he going to leave? I hope not, because I think he's found a... A good home for him here. Yeah, because the fans love him and uh, it's very local to the area anyway. And I think he was born yeah. not far away from here, so you could understand that. Right, so now we'll move into, I think, the club's man of the match, but wasn't my man of the match, which was Jacob Brown. Yes, I, I was surprised that he got man of the match. Um the one thing he cannot fault Jacob Brown for is his effort and his, his running. He'll never, ever put less than 100% in, which is what we all want from, um, from, from any player that pulls on the shirt at Stoke. It's all we want, really, isn't it? If we yeah. get anything else apart from that, it's a bonus. But if, so long as you try your best, Stoke fans will generally back you. I thought it was great that he got a goal because that's what he needs. He needs the confidence to get a goal. But to me, it was clear that whereas last season he ran and ran and ran and the, I think the technical termers couldn't bag, trap a bag of cement, this year he can quite adequately trap those bags of cement. And I thought his, his positioning, his ability to use the ball was better. There's still a long way to go with him. And I think when Stoke bought him, they were looking at his potential. Um, and I, I'm actually going to give him a seven for um, effort, work rate and his goal, which even though it was deflected, and it went through the keeper's legs. He had the presence of mind to have the shot. Uh, and it was so nice, wasn't it, to see him celebrate with fans. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought he had a great game, to be honest, yesterday, Jacob Brown. And I know a lot of people are going to be... So you giving him a five? Uh, well, just one up. Um, <laughs> now, I'm going to give him... To be honest, I'm going to give him an eight, to be honest. I right, thought. So I thought doing Mario up at the top. Yeah, Mario's up at the top at nine. And then... Uh, Jacob Brown's going to go in with an eight. I thought his all-round performance was anything better. That's probably the best performance I've seen, apart from maybe Wolves and a few others last season. That was that's what I want from Jacob Brown, um, where he linked up well with everybody around him because that was his problem before. A lot of the time he was isolated and just yeah. running round, which is what I didn't like about him. He, he wasn't getting involved enough with other players and and being a part of the team. But you know, he's passing. Yes, at times it's a bit hit and miss. We know this about Jacob Brown, but yesterday it wasn't. It was, 
it was really he was really getting in the right positions. He was moving the ball forward well. He took his chance well. Let's be honest. I think he nutmeg the goalkeeper on the shot goal as well. I've, I've, to be honest, if he can carry on like that, I might change my mind on him because I, I think he needs to keep this confidence going and start proving that he can score a good amount of goals, which could really help us and a chance to playoffs. It's, he, he's got that touch and he, he took his chance well. It, it was a great performance. I can't knock him. There is one other thing as well um, about Jacob Brown is he's another player, a bit like Surridge, who, who we've talked about and we'll talk about when we come to the marking. He loves playing for this football club and he'll give his all for Stoke City. Um, and I think that's one of the, the good qualities of the squad that Michael O'Neill is bringing together now. That there ain't many fancy dams in it. No, that, that's the good thing. It's it's built. It's basically a team that's built by lesser players that have played for lesser clubs that are absolutely delighted to play for a club that's been in the Premier League for 10 years, that's played in the UEFA Cup, played in the Cup Final. And that's what it was like before when we had, you know, like your Leon Courts and all your Shawcrosses, all these players in the past where they, they wanted to work for the shirt because they didn't think they were better. And those kind of players have gone. I don't know if Joe Allen's still got that mentality, but with his recent performances, he shouldn't have that mentality. But... That's the good thing I can take from it. I thought I think these players do want to wear the shirt and want to fight for it, which is all we've been really asking for for probably four or five years of the horrible football we've been seeing. At least now things I'm seeing the sunlight, and that's that's what I've been asking for now for a long time. There's I see hope for the future, which is great. Well, that was a great speech. I know, I know. I, that's what I'm going to do in the sports council, which we're going to talk about later on as well. But um. Mm, gotta get in first. Well, that's not so big. Right, so Stephen Fletcher is next. Stephen Fletcher. When Stephen Fletcher joined Stoke City, I thought, I'm ashamed to say, really, I thought, oh, God, what have we brought him for? Legs gone, everything. Over the time he's played for Stoke, he's proved to me that he's far better footballer than I ever thought. In fact, he's probably proved that I know nothing about football. But his ability, his movement... Um, the way he works is obviously helping other players and, and again Jacob Brown said yesterday that Fletcher's been helping him a lot talking to him about how to get into certain positions uh, talking to him off the pitch you know he's taking him under his wing and um, I just think he's, he's without Stephen Fletcher in Stoke's side at the moment we, we don't look like uh, scoring as many goals as perhaps we do with him on I thought he had a more daddy game yesterday. What did you think? I'm going to give him a seven, by the way. A seven of a seven. Is it, yeah. it's, so there's one six and one uh, eight, was it? And some seven. Right, right yeah, so. Six, I'll, all over seven and an eight. I'll go with a six. Um, Come on! I, I, I just didn't think he brought anything to the table. I, I didn't. Like, I know he did a couple of good links. Right, so we scored a goal from his knockdown straight away, so there you go, that's something he did. Yeah. You he brought, he brought nothing to the table. Surely, <laughs> yeah, surely calling a goal for a fleshy knockdown gets him up to a seven. But basically, just you've just been like, hey, what's it called a waiter bringing a fork? I want a knife and a spoon and a plate. <laughs> so you know, I, 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 I don't want just one or two things, do I? At the end of the day, you look at Fletcher. Don't get me wrong, I, I like Fletcher. I think he's been a decent signing for the club. There's no question. But yesterday, he needs to bring more. To be honest, he had a couple of good opportunities where he could have got his head on things from crosses and in a corners into the box, which I didn't think he got his got his good movements on for. Let's be honest, he's he's a player that's 
you know, he's going to get niggly injuries. He's going to tie in into games, which is just how it is because of a man of his age and because of the injury problems he has got. And to be honest, well, I'll put it this way: Would you do you reckon he's going to be dropped for Birmingham? No. For for Sam Surridge. No. 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 See, I do. I think he will. Okay. I, 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 I just think he will, but you know, I just I feel like. If he, I know he got the knockdown, but that's really his only attribute that I can say about the game to be honest. I'm not sitting here saying he was a terrific, but if I'm looking on it as a 90 minutes of football, I can't sit there and go Fletcher ten, what a knockdown! I, I can't, I can't do it. So for me, it's a six. And when he came off, things happened again. He, he started dying down a bit towards towards the middle of the second half for Stoke because it wasn't a great second half, and I think Fletcher completely tied out the game and should have gone off a bit earlier, in my opinion. All right. Which is why I've given him a six. Mm. You're which, wrong, you know, but there you go. Which is the right score. Um, <laughs> right, so now we'll move on to the first two subs. Um, Sam Klukas came on and Sam Surridge came on. So first we'll go on with Sam Klukas. What did you think of his coming off the bench? What did you reckon? I was disappointed he wasn't off from the start, if I'm being honest, because I thought... Um, I think he gives us um, energy. When he's playing well, I think he's a player that we need in our team. Um, and he's, he's more likely to score a goal um, from midfield than, than most other players. So I was glad when he came on. I don't think he had enough time, really, to, to put a stamp on the game. What he did, he did adequately. Um, I was going to give him a six, but because you were so miserable and miserly with his scores, I'm, I'm going to give him six and a half. Well, you can't say that about about me and my scores because um, you were the first one drop below seven. So, there we go. oh no, it was me, wasn't it, Morgan Fox? Yes. Oh. Yeah, see, you just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'll go on for five for uh, Sam Clucas. Oh, for goodness sake. Uh, I tell you what, to all the listeners, <laughs> the first bad match we have this season, I guarantee you, Ian will have... 0.5 for all the players. <laughs> well, it caught me because I was the first one put a 9 in. Yeah. <laughs> but no, because the fact is, he didn't he didn't include in play. It wasn't a substitute appearance that I'm, I'm that's going to be live long in the memory. So I can't. For me, I, I, I scored it on 1 to 5 on how, how the performance goes on. Yes, we won, but did that player perform individually fantastic? That's where I look at it, is in an individual score. And to be honest, he didn't get. He didn't really. To be honest, I'll be brutally honest. I can't remember him touching the ball much. To be honest, um, right, okay. but that's because he, he didn't have much time. He, you know, well, he, he just he just didn't work out for me. I've always said Sam Lucas is better as a starter than a sub. Anyway, I don't see Sam Lucas as an impact sub, and I never yeah. have done. So for me, on that on that score, he just goes to a five. You know, he. He just didn't infect enough. He didn't create a chance. He didn't make any clever passes. So he goes down to a five. Now Sam Surridge. Now this will be a different one, I feel. Well, going on what you said then, I'm expecting you to give Sam Surridge a ten because you can only say that he came on the pitch. He had a great impact. He scored a great goal. So I'm expecting a ten from you from the logic you've used. From my logic... Um, I thought he came on, I thought uh, he, he showed great movement in the box. He's a, clearly an intelligent player because he's always looking for another option. Um, so if he doesn't get the ball, he's moving in a certain way to, 
to get between the keeper and the defenders and, and I just think he looks a very promising player he said afterwards again I was lucky enough to speak to him he said that he didn't think he was up to speed yet and he was hoping to play against Fleetwood to try and get more minutes in his legs so um, if, if you think that he's not up to speed yet um, then, then there's a good opportunity and I kept thinking to myself after he scored uh, and he took the goal well um, who was the last player to score on his debut for Stoke and I was going way back and then eventually somebody did tell me who it was and I thought maybe I shouldn't really mention that because if he's going to end up anything like the guy who last scored on his debut do you know who it was? Was it Ricky Dallison? It was Hesse Oh God Exactly. So I thought we'd just gloss over that. <laughs> I saw some bad news this week as well about that. That we decided to go for essay instead of Jack Grealish. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. I mean, that, that's the, that's the amazing stuff. But um, for for Surridge's performance, I, I would um, I'd probably if I I didn't want to to be harsh like you, I'd probably go for. I'm going for a seven and a half because I, I don't think he was as good as Vantage, even though he scored and it was a good goal. I'm going seven and a half. I'm going an eight. Right. Okay. I'm going to go an eight because. To be honest, he, the way he took that chance, and it wasn't just about how he how he scored, it was his movement because you could clearly see when Francis did that, he wasn't expecting that. No, he wasn't. And you could completely see that. I saw that when I watched the highlights. You could see that he had to second guess and jump to get the ball, but his first touch was that good. He put it beautifully in front of himself to have a shot, which yes was deflected, which I still don't think I still don't think it would have mattered. It was a fantastic goal. And it's something we haven't seen at Stoke for a long time. Let's be honest, apart from maybe Campbell, who's got a good finish, we, we know that. But for a man who's only come on, not 100% fit because he hasn't been training with Bournemouth from what I've been told, that chance was brilliantly taken. And I've got high hopes. It's a real positive signing. Because let's be honest, how many strikers have we seen come through the door and we've been looking at them going, I don't really know what they're signing for. But this one... All respect because this is the opposite way round. I looked at his record when we signed him, and I thought he hasn't really got a good goal scoring record. Then he goes and does that on, on his substitute debut. The one thing, the one thing you can say about him is that, um, as you've said, and we'll agree on this, his anticipation made the goal without a doubt. He knew what he was doing. He knew where he was going, and I don't think um, you can buy that sort of instinct. You either know where the ball's going to drop. I mean, Mark Steen was one of those players. Uh, you know, Sharon was one of those players too. You sort of instinctively knew, and and you were proactive in your movement for for the goals. And I think he's got something that um, that top strikers have. I'm not saying he'll ever be one of the greatest, but he'll do for me if he bangs one in every match. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was instinctive, the way he touched that ball, and let's be honest, if that was Jacob Brown when he touched the ball, but it was spooned off or whatever, but it wasn't, it was touch, bang, goal, fantastic, what does that, he's, he's, his instincts were all over the place, it's like when he first came on, Jacob Brown picked the ball up from Vrancic, and he was trying to make a darting run through, and Brown just couldn't make the ball for it, make the pass to get him away, so... Yeah. Straight away, you could see that this lad's got an instinct for goal. Maybe he hasn't scored many goals in his loan spells from Bournemouth because he just didn't get the proper full opportunity that he might get here at Stoke. But 
I'm really excited about the future for Sam Surridge and this is why I feel that he needs to play ahead of Fletcher because he's got that pace as well that we've been crying out for a long time. Instinct and pace. That lad can score goals if we create the chances for him. Simple as that. Which is why I give him an 8. I was so impressed by him when he came on. And I was it shocked me and it changed my mind on him instantly. Because I know this lad, if you give him opportunities, he'll score goals. There's no question of it. Great. So... Yeah. Well, so I they are. a 10 then if he plays at Birmingham. Well, that's who pays a 10 and hat trick. I'd, I'd love to do a 10 and a hat trick. I'm crying for an hat trick. I've got, I've got to be honest. Going over the top of it now, Ian. Uh, well, come on. You, you don't see that every day. What a, what a game. No. Come on. Uh, right, the other two subs, you might have to remind me because I'm not too sure. Um, Alfie Doughty. Oh, Alfie Doughty came on. And to be honest, I was impressed with Alfie Doughty as well. Um, I think that position at left wing back's his once he gets his full fitness up. He beat a man. <laughs> Let's be honest, he beat a man. Well, he beat two men, didn't he, when he got through and the defender uh, went early and he got the ball round him and then, of course, went on to lose the ball. But he beat a man. When was the last time we saw that at Stoke? Yeah, and the other thing that impressed me about him was when he quite heavily came down after a, a bit of a, a collision, let's put it nicely, with, with one of their players. Uh, he went for the ball, if you remember, and he landed quite heavily on his hip. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. And everybody sort of held their breath for a minute because he stayed down for a second. But um, he then beat the turf, uh, beat the life out of the turf, actually, because uh, he was so annoyed. And uh, it clearly means a lot to him to be back playing football, as you would expect. But as you've said, he looks lively, he's got pace, and he beat a man, not only one man, he beat two men, and then he, two men, and then he ran out of... Uh, right out of room, he, he sort of lost possession. But I thought in the in the time he was on the pitch, um, he did enough to to um, everybody think, wow, we might have a decent acquisition here. And I'm sure, as you've said, that position will soon be his. Um, I don't actually like rating players that come on with so little time to 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 show how good they are. Um, and he wasn't on the pitch long enough for me, but if I had to give him a, a score on for the time that he was on, I'd give him a six and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a six for that. I've, I've, it was impressive what he was doing. I know yeah. he wasn't on the pitch long, but he impressed. He, he, he made an impact, and that's that's all you can ask for when a, a player comes on. Not yeah. like when the wardrobe used to come on, and basically, if you were lucky, if he, he won an Eddie. And, you know, this time we're looking at it and going, yeah, what a, what a young lad he could be. And yeah. I'm hoping now he can probably get 60, 70 minutes against Fleetwood and then start pushing him towards the first team because... From what I've already seen, I feel like he could be a better player than Josh Tarman on that left it left yeah, wing. Yeah, I think I think that'll be the case. Yeah, so hopefully, and then there was a fourth substitution, but I was itching to get out of that. Thompson came on, yeah. Um, yeah. That was a concussion sub, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to be honest, I can't go more than a five really because yeah. He well, I'm going to join you there on the five because he, he didn't really have any impact and he didn't have any time. Let's be honest. I think he was on no. the only pitch for so ten minutes. Probably harsh to rate him at all, but we'll give him a five. Yeah, we'll give it. We'll give him a five. I always put somebody midway when they don't really have have a lot yeah. of time because they didn't. They weren't him or impressive or impressed. Didn't have time to be either. So yeah. that's how it goes. Right. So now we'll give the whole um, score. So the whole performance as a whole. What do you reckon? I'm going to go for an eight. Going in high streets away, are we? Right. You? Probably a five for you. Uh, no, I'm going to go for seven. It's a tale of two halves again, I'm afraid to say, which I'm hoping that over the season will start disappearing. I think defensively we've got still a hell of a lot to work on. But as a whole performance, like I say, I think I was impressed with the new signings that have come in. 
and it was a great game to watch. Apart from probably the first half or the second half, I wasn't, um, which is where I was a little bit bored because it was literally just a dead rubber at that point. But then it sparked into life with good substitutions. So, yeah, a seven for me. For me, the um, last season, towards the end, we were very difficult to break down and, and you thought, well, if we can just get a goal, we've got at least a chance to get the point. It seems to have changed completely now. Um, we're not defending as well as we have and I think that will change. I think when Harry Suter comes back into the team, which I think he inevitably will, that will change. But we look more threatening going forward now and that, that to me, is the bonus. It, you, you, we've been through the years of, well, they've scored, so the best we know for is a draw. Now we, we scored three goals. I mean, we got a set-piece goal. We got one, as I keep on about, from Fletcher Knockdown, you know, the player that did nothing yesterday. So we got a goal from the Fletcher Knockdown, and we got one goal from a, a full-backs cross. So um, the goal, there was a variety to the goals yesterday, and um, I think we're playing better football. Yeah, that that was undoubtedly from what the especially second half of last season. We are playing a lot better, but this is what happened um, towards the start of last season as well, where we we would play playing this kind of way then. But of course, losing Campbell completely destroyed us. But this time, I think we've got a couple of different weapons that might make an impact. Sorry, I'm hoping can pick on and carry on getting better. Um, Brown looks a different player from what I saw yesterday so there is more positives come for, come through because last podcast we did we were very worried about the wing back position and after looking at Dowerty for what was it 20 minutes was on the pitch I was impressed I was impressed with Tommy Smith as well which is <laughs> always been a bit of a rare hit and he, he performed very well so yeah I think the positives are there to be seen so now we'll give Michael O'Neill rating Right, well, I have to be very careful with the ratings I give to Michael O'Neill because obviously I have to speak to him, you don't. Um, <laughs> and I don't know whether he listens to this podcast, but I'm sure somebody will tell him if I'm nasty. Um, I actually think that he he got substitutions right mostly yesterday, and I'm giving him an eight. Yeah, I'm going to give him a I'm going to give him a nine to be honest from that. That's called crawling, Ian. It, well, no, it isn't called Crawley, no, because the reason I'm going to give him an iron is because he, he made the subs just at the right time. The whole layout was was well at the beginning. I think he, he did set it out the best he could with the squad he's got at the moment. I think both of the goals were errors, which Reading scored, and he, he changed it round with the subs to go and get the winning goal, and it worked. So I have to give him everything he can get, really. It was a good performance. And hopefully now... He's going to pick up from this and realise that we do need probably two more signings to to make this team tick along a bit more. But I can't, but I can't blame him at all. I thought it was a very good managerial performance. The only reason why I didn't get a ten is because we were in the away fans were singing "Give us a wave" and he didn't. So I'm knocking a point off for that because there's no need. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask what, are you, what would you give the ref? Oh ref! Oh god! Uh, I'll probably give him a six. The ref, he, especially in the second half, he, he he just he just kept stopping everything all the time. He was trying to kill any momentum in the game. I, I wasn't happy with the ref at all, to be honest. But this is Championship refs. You, you don't get good ones. Let's, let's be honest. There's not many good ones in the Premier League. So imagine the standard in the Championship. Yeah, and and um, I, I just thought it was. I just thought some of his decisions were were baffling, but. Um, 
you know, the, away from the team and away from the performance yesterday, it was lovely to see people you hadn't seen for ages chatting outside, uh, the pubs were full, um, you know, people sort of just interacting again, like the man you used to sit next to five seats away and you always wished to shut up because he never had anything decent to say or he was always on the back of one player. It was lovely to see people just interacting again and saying hello to some people they hadn't seen for 18 months. And um, winning was like the icing on top of the cake, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was great to see. Well, we were, where we sit, there's quite a few nutters, to be honest. And another thing I had to mention as well, as a Reading fan, decided to break away from the Reading fans and try charge on his own the entire Stoke fans. Very brave. Very, very brave. Yeah. <laughs> On his own, he got, he got, he, he looked like a rat fool. Basically, <laughs> he got attacked. The police just, just grabbed him and threw him down. And Stoke fans just got started singing at him. It was great. I said to my mate next to us, "I haven't seen that for years." <laughs> just one clown running it. <laughs> the entire end. Yeah. Oh, happy days. Football does strange things to you. <laughs> it does. Right. So now we'll move on to the next part, which of course is the transfers. We haven't heard much now. There's still talk that Delap might be happening. There's still talk that Gail Brave, is it Daniel Gail Brave or Joe Gardner might be coming in. Do you reckon that holding midfield position now is is the key now to the way we play? Is that I, I, do, I do think it's very important and, and I've no doubt that Stoke will sign somebody uh, with an eye to that position before the end of the transfer window if they can. I mean, there's all sorts of talk now that Romain Sawyer might be the man. Well, um, Romain Sawyer is somebody that's been on the football club's look-at list for a while and they've nearly been tempted a couple of times before. And I guess because um, his agent is local too, that might have a lot to do with what people say. But he's another one in the mix and people say he, he might fit the bill. Um, who would you have? I'd go for him. Uh, I don't know because I don't, th- I don't think uh, Romain Sawyer is a holding midfielder actually is I think well uh, when we played again, when he played against us the two or three times he's played against us that's exactly what he did well I mean it's, it's if we can get him he's got the experience he's been around a while obviously he's lost his place at West Brom under the new manager if we can get the de- deal done cheap if it's a mil two million then yeah I'm, I'm all for it if that's what Michael O'Neill feels is, will improve our defensive problems at the club then yeah I mean, I've personally got my hopes on that Gail Braith at uh, Man United's academy. Um, yeah. I think he's a really talented young holding midfielder. I know United have got a lot of hopes for him because they just gave him a new contract, I think, halfway through last season, a five-year contract. So they must have some impression of him. And if we could do a Frank Lampard and get you know two or three really gifted young players that come in and massively improve us, then it's only a win-win. And if he can get as close to maybe getting back in the Premier League, it's even more of a win-win. I just think with Remain Sawyer's, I feel that, you know, it's one of them players that if he doesn't work, it could be costly. Whereas Gail Brafe, if he doesn't work, he goes back to United at the end of the season. That's that's just what my opinion is, especially with FFP on us at the moment. I just feel that really Gail Brafe's the best way to go. Because at the end of the season, as I say, that wage has gone and he's back at his, at his previous club. And also, if it does work out, United don't want to play him next season, we could get him again on another season-long loan. I think it just works better that way for a club where finances are a problem. Correct. And that's what I'd just go for. And are you still not optimistic about Liam Delap? No, not at all. Um, not not for the reasons that um, his dad 
is at the club, uh, although I do think his dad would prefer him not to be there, but as I said before, I, I think O'Neill would just think, well, tough. I just don't think, as I said, I don't think any player who has a chance to play for Manchester City and learning under Pep Guardiola should really consider stepping down to Stoke or any other team in the Championship. If he's been told he's no chance of playing this season, then yes, but I'm not so sure that that'll be the case. I think he's in and around the first team squad. Phil Foden stayed there, and I I think he'll stay there. If not, I would be mortified if he went anywhere else but Stoke. Well, the, the talk is from Man City that they have told him he, that they would like him to go out on a season-long loan just to get some experience. Um, that's come out of the Manchester channels that I've read and, and been looking at. Um, because they're basically going to go for a last-minute bid for Kane from everything I'm reading. So if Kane goes there and they've got Ferran Torres and I think there's another striker, Jesus, isn't it? Well... He's not going to get in ahead of them, so I, I, I just don't want him to go Bournemouth. That that's the only club. If he went out somewhere else on loan, if he went Celtic or Rangers or something that's been linked, I probably wouldn't mind that either. But I don't want him to go Bournemouth. That that's one thing because the talk is that the reason why Bournemouth let Surridge go was that they could put that money into getting Liam Delap from Man City. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen because I'd hate to see him play for Bournemouth. Yes, well, I, I would hate to see him play for Bournemouth. There are a lot of clubs I'd hate to see him play for, but Bournemouth would probably be one of the uh, biggest. But um, as I say, if he doesn't come to Stoke, I wish him all the best apart from if he goes there. <laughs> or Millwall. Or, yeah. or uh, Millwall, yeah. <laughs> I mean, talk about Millwall. I mean, that's the other thing while we're talking about players coming in. Uh, there's still, I think, from my perspective, there's still two players that need to go. Um, for them as much as Stoke and, but that my concerns mainly for Stoke and that's Ince and McLean I can't see McLean ever kicking another football for Stoke first team, ever uh, And but then I hear that he's, that he's been linked with a move to Millwall and I, look, whatever he decides to do about a puppy is up to him, but if ever there was a person suited to go to Millwall it's McLean can you imagine McLean and Millwall fans together? That'd be that'd be absolutely horrendous, <laughs> and the reason the reason that is, I know that Millwall are very proud um, secondary club to Rangers. I know they're a very they they've got a bit of a hatred towards Celtic. So in in obviously I don't want to go into too much detail with the uh, hatred between the religions, but I know that Millwall are more towards the Rangers side. So if I can't see him going Millwall and it going down well, I know. I know. I've got the uh, Unbelievable. But Ince, I don't know. Is, is anybody after Ince? I've not heard a great deal about Ince. But I do think those two players need to need to go um, to, to move on. So, going back to the transfer window, I, I'd like to think Stoke will get two players in. I'd be happy with one. But I've still got a sneaking suspicion they're after two. Um, and there's a couple of weeks left to go. And I'd be disappointed if they didn't get one in. And I'd love those two players to leave. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, and I think it's time for McLean's gone. I, th- I think it's just a matter of trying to find him a club. Um, Ince, I know Rory Lapp's come out and said something this week about thinking Ince is a good player and might still have a chance. But but I, I don't mind Ince staying because I know Ince, he, he, will, he, do, he, he doesn't throw you know his toys out the pram. He will 
knuckle down if he has to. He, he, he knows he's got no future at Stoke, but if there's nowhere for him to go, he will knuckle down. He yeah, won't cause problems. So, But McLean needs to go because he will cause problems. So for me, if we can get rid of McLean, then I'm happy. But I've got a feeling there might be more than two coming in. I've got a sneaking feeling there might be a third because I'm hearing rumours they are looking at a right back now. Um, so is there a chance of that? I don't know. And a weird one that I don't think will happen, but a link came out yesterday is uh, Dowerty at Spurs has been linked to Stoke on a season-long loan. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard yesterday, yeah. Imagine well, I that. I think if you look at the team at the moment, the team that played yesterday, if, if you put Suter in for Bar, Dowerty in for Tymon, and eventually you'll have Campbell and Surridge together, I think. I think that team could do very well for Stoke. Yeah, I think it can. I mean, I'm impressed with the performance yesterday. Not so impressed with the defensive play. But I think we're missing Suti. I think we're probably missing Chester because Chester's injured, isn't he, at the moment? Or not 100% fit? Well, he's not 100%, but I think he'll play midweek. But then again, if you look at the team yesterday, what was the biggest difference for you in, in the way Stoke played yesterday? Uh, they were trying to get the ball forward. And, and Smith being covered by Wilmot made was such a difference yesterday. Such a difference. He was giving... Smith more right to go forward because he isn't looking over his shoulder all the time. Because last season he was getting, he was being covered by um, Collins, which was working till Collins got that injury. I, I feel that with Wilmot in at that right wing, at that right centre back, it just gives Smith more right to to run up and create, and it worked. It, it got two goals. So for me, that that's that's the big indicator of today, yesterday that really impressed me. Now, if we can do that on the left side, with maybe Chester returning or putting Suter on that side, it, it could even it could it, we could even get even better where both wing backs are bombing forward to create chances. Yeah, I mean, for me, the midfield looked better. Um, it looked a unit, and I also think Stoke have got more players who are quite good on the ball now. You've got your Wilmot, who's obviously can pass the ball out, but. Um, because you've got Vrancic as well and Powell's good on the ball, the pace of the play seemed quicker for me and, and they had the ability to move the ball forward quicker. Yeah, um, yeah. And I thought that was a massive difference, you know, to last season because it's like the slow bike race last season. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was like passing in mud once it last season. But um, I, like I say, I still feel that like Vrancic makes that big difference because he finds space, and we didn't have it. Lucas can't do that. Alan can't do that. Obi McCall definitely couldn't do that. And I think losing Obi McCall's made such a difference to the speeding up of the midfield. Losing him, I think, has made a massive difference to the way we play. And I know it's, it, people might have a go, and there's a lot of people who liked him, but because of how slow he was and how you know defensively unrigid he was, he, he, we, we were just like I said, passing in mud. But with like Smith breaking forward as well and time and trying his best, it just opened more options so he could pass more freely, which gives us more chance to break the ball forward. And I liked Brown was dropping deeper, Powell's then doing rushing forward. It was a lot better, and I'm a lot impressed with it. And and let's be honest, there could be a chance of the playoffs if we can get a couple more heads in. Well, I, I think if you're a fan or a player or a member of the staff at the moment after the first match of the season. You shouldn't write off the playoffs anyway, whether you've lost or won. Uh, so, Vale fans, don't worry too much at the moment. Um, I, I honestly think that if we're not around having a chance of the playoffs with five or six matches to go, 
I'm not saying we're going to make the playoffs. I genuinely hope we do. But if we've got, if we're in a situation where we're completely out of it with five or six minute matches to go, then I think there's been a massive failure this season. Because you look at all those teams, Reading aren't a bad side. No, they aren't. They've got some good players. You know, they haven't. They haven't changed anything really since last season because they've not been able to because of the transfer embargo. But they, they have got. There was a, there was a point in the second half where I felt it could have gone either way, and at one point it looked like they were going to be the team that won it because it was getting to be more and more Reading going forward. So if you can win those matches, whereas in the past, yeah, okay, we won away, but we drew at home on each of them. Um, if you can win those matches um, and not lose some of the matches that we've lost by the odd goals, very unfortunately against the better clubs last season, I think Stoke will be in and around the playoffs, and I think they should be, uh, given the way the, the team is shaping up. And I know it's only one match, but you can see great green shoots this year, whereas in the past you've been really looking for one. Yeah, yeah, it's... I think we've improved the side, which is the biggest thing we've been asking for. When he brought when he's brought signs in this season, they've made an impact on the first team, like the other ones before, like Thompson and Tash and Oakley Booth and these other ones. They were they sort of improved the squad, but they didn't improve the first team. Whereas this one, I think Wilmot will improve the first team once he gets his head round what's going on. Vrancic has instantly made an impact. And I think Surridge, once he gets a bit more confidence and starts playing role regularly and gets his legs used to it, I think he will improve the team. So it's been a big improvement this season. And like you say, if we don't get around, uh, for me, at my, my target's around eighth. If we can finish seventh or eighth this season, I see that as a massive improvement. And then, yeah. of course, the FFP goes away for a couple of years and we might be able to really improve the squad next season. So at the moment, I'm, I'm very impressed. Well, we're back now, um, and just like this football season is going to sort of mimic last season, there's another match on Tuesday, although it's in the, the League Cup, but the League Cup was very good for Stoke last season, it brought a few of our youngsters few and, uh, through and made them first teamers, and, and even Nathan Collins got a huge transfer out of it, so... Are we going to have a quick look at the Fleetwood match? Yeah, we'll have a quick look at that, yeah. yeah. Fleetwood League Cup, I mean, like you said, it was a good it was a good uh, way to get a couple of the young players through last season against better opposition than we play in the league as well. Because I think, to be honest, Brown, Brown slipped through as well with a few of the players. Uh, do you reckon any of the youngsters will start? That's a good question. No, I don't. I think um, he'll... he'll... He'll put Davis in goal for certain. I think Chester will play if he's fit. I think Doughty will play. Uh, Klukas will obviously play. I wouldn't be surprised if Ince played. Um, Maybe he'll put a couple of the youngsters on the bench, um, but I I can't see them starting. Um, They might come on, uh, but no. Who would you you start out of the youngsters? To be honest, I'd give Kieran Coates a go. Yeah. I would, and give Tommy Smith a rest. I'd like to see Adam Porter again. And I'd definitely, because Forrester hasn't gone out on loan, I'd give Forrester another go in that left centre-back role instead of Morgan Fox. Dowerty, obviously, at left wing-back. I'd probably put keep the bat in Wilmot the same, but then sub them off um, if we're comfortably winning or whatever, just to give them a bit of extra breathing time. Would you play Suter? Suter, probably not. I'd give him an, just give him the full week to rest and bring him back for Birmingham. Um I don't want to. I know Joe Allen will probably play because he's captain, but I would like to see um, probably 
Thompson get that role alongside Klukas? I think he played Thompson and Klukas. What, no Joe Allen? Yeah, I think you'll rest on. I hope so. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, you know, you're becoming you're becoming obsessed about the man now. Well, uh, you, you started it though. You you were the I one. I did. Who, yeah, I, I've put that seed in your mind. <laughs> you started it, and, and I I just agree. Up <laughs> front, who will he go with? Sorridge. Uh, Sorridge, I start, and I'd give. I'd give no. It's it's not unfit. Uh, I'm not sure, but I would have Sorridge and Brown. I'd probably play Brown again. I'd probably give Brown another go and just give Fletcher that rest and see how they link up together in the 90 minutes as well, see how, how they go along. Because let's be honest, yeah. Fletcher is on borrowed time. He's only got till the end of the season, so it could be worth another... It could be worth Brown sorry, having that go and, and maybe having Norton on the bench if he is fit or if he's all fit just, just to bring on for the last 20 minutes, 20 minutes or 10 minutes, see how he goes on. You know, I would like to see the bench completely full of youngsters as well, so they can get the odd match a bit of experience as well coming on. I feel that it's a good opportunity for some of these young lads to impress, and I'd like to see what coach can do in 90 minutes. Yeah, it, it, a lot of people have a lot of faith in him and Lewis Macari out of the defenders but uh, every time you hear Michael O'Neill speak he says it's a bit too much for them at the moment so I think they'll, if they are going to come on any of them I think they'll come on towards the end of the game um, you know I, I really do but you, you made a good point about the, the full backs Morgan Fox and Tommy Smith if they get injured we're uh, in a bit of a in a bit of a hole again aren't we I wouldn't. I, I don't know with Morgan Fox because I think with time and Doherty there as wing backs, I think I don't. I don't. I, I can't see Morgan Fox playing. To be honest, I know he played yesterday, but I don't see why he does. When we've got two young, you know, youngish players there and Doherty and Diamond, left wing back. I think we are a lot better than we than I thought probably a week ago. But right wing back really, really worries me. And that's why I think if we are going to give Kieran a go, the, the time's now. Because if, if if he impresses against Fleetwood, we might not have to bring a player in that position. It's a good time to give Coates a go. Because he's impressed in the youth levels. He's 22 soon, so he's not a kid. So let's give him a go. If he if he goes out and presses against Fleetwood, you never know. He could be the new Nathan Collins and go on to be worth a lot of money at the end by the end of the season. There's no, yeah. it's, as long as you've got Wilmot there to cover him because he's got the pace to cover I can't see why not so while we're on the subject of this game then are you going for a Stoke win? yeah I think it'll be a comfortable 2-1 win to be honest I think um, Surridge will score if he starts and I've got a feeling on um, Powell as well now you know that while some people may well listen to this before the game, that's if you know you get your finger out and get it online in, in time. Um, no pressure there. Uh, <laughs> if you don't, you'll get a five. Um, there's only one stand open for that game, which is the uh, one up. I forget what we call it now, but the one opposite where the, the manager and so on sits. So there's one stand open. So it should look at least like there's a crowd. I mean, you've got to be. Uh, there won't be too many people going on a on a Tuesday night, uh, whatever the price to watch Stoke at home at Fleetwood, and I can't see them bringing too many. Can you? No, no, no. Um, it's a shame really they're only opening the one stand because where where was it now at Vicks? There was a lot of people going from what what I was speaking to because it was an home game. Um, mm. 
I was on about going, but I didn't really fancy going Fleetwood and then, you know, getting up at five o'clock in the morning for work. It's it's no. it's not a nice time, but no. I, f- I feel it's a good it's a good chance for some kids play, and if we get through, it's a good it's a good one. It's always nice to have a cup run, isn't it? It is, yes. And then of course you've got Birmingham on Saturday, which um, if I'm being brutally honest, thirty five pounds to go and watch Stoke at Birmingham. I think is an excessive amount of money and a vast majority of people with kids would like to take the kids and uh, there's more and more clubs now going to be ripping fans off unfortunately um, because of the financial situation but my goodness if, if you want fans to stay watching football you shouldn't be charging 35 quid for a game like that. No, it's a disgraceful price that is, £35 for Birmingham away. I mean, it's a shame we haven't got the 30s plenty like it is in the Premier League. You know, £35 when it's when, when football's only just kicking back, you're supposed to be trying to get people back in the grounds, not putting them off. Um, I know Stoke will turn up. They aren't going to be as pathetic as Reading were yesterday. Where they, I think they only brought, what was it, 500, 600 by the looks of it. There wasn't many there. And... Um, you know, which which what you talk about actually about the Reading? Could, can you believe that football's been gone for eighteen, nineteen months and and they don't turn up for the first away day? Yeah, I find it, I find it embarrassing. Well, not not just turn up, but at least you know, at least have a, a good amount turning up. I was surprised how few were there, but then when you look at Reading's home support, it's not great. And they, I remember the last time we went to watch Stoke play there. Um, they had a section like a premium club section for when they were in the Premier League it was completely empty in the Championship so I don't think their fans travel well anyway and you've got the other problem with Reading is that they will think wow this is north of Watford way north of Watford <laughs> so so we ain't going to come um, so I, it is a shame but then again um, it, it didn't sort of bother us because we were at home and uh, it, the atmosphere was great, the Delilahs were good, etc. Um, and, and I just think that might be an indication of a lot of fans at the early stages till, till people realise that we have to get on with living with COVID and try to do our best, otherwise we're going to be living in a in little caves for the rest of our lives. You know what I mean, not little caves, but living, living in just seeing a very few people and not living the life that we used to. So... Hopefully that will change as the season goes on. But how do you think we'll do at Birmingham? I don't know with Birmingham. I, I, it's a, I don't really know much about them. I know, I know they're very hit and miss like us. They're a team that, you know, has, has been slowly climbing their way back up since obviously what happened with um, that Chinese owner that didn't spend and sort of was Europe were after him for something and he just he couldn't he couldn't sell it because he, he couldn't come over to agree the deal because you have to do it in person. And eventually they got him out, and things have slowly started getting better for Birmingham. I mean, this weekend, if we play like we do, and we can bring back a suitor or bring Dowerty in on a full match, we we could get something. I mean, if I've got a feeling we could even scrape a one nil win. Yeah, I'd like to think we won't lose there. We've not done particularly well there in the last few seasons, um, and and we are due a win there. And it's not a it's not a great place that. Um, it's not a place I enjoy going, really, as a Stoke supporter, if I'm being 100% honest. But uh, I watched them play uh, Sheffield United last night. And um, whilst we were having this discussion about Sheffield United earlier on, and I said I thought they'd bounce back, they, were, they weren't they were brilliant last night. Um, but, but Birmingham, 
did a number on them and um, it was quite interesting to see that uh, of course there's a player that we had on our books who's playing for Birmingham there, Ryan Woods who actually got a card he wasn't alone for Birmingham I think they got six cards last night um, in a match that was uh, a bit hotly contested but they looked, they looked a decent team you know, they, they look like they can hold their own uh, so I think it'll be a tough game but I do think Stoke will get something out of it and uh, it'll be quite nice to see Ryan Woods uh, wearing somebody else's shirt from my perspective because I wasn't his biggest fan and I don't mean that nastily. Uh, he'll probably go on and play a storming match against us but yeah, probably. I just think he's an indication of where this football club went wrong uh, buying players that just didn't suit us. Yeah, yeah. That, and of that's course the other player that they've got that we'll know is Scott Hogan. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the fat lad from Villa. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, so they've got Scott Hogan, Ryan Woods, and Gary Gardner always seems to kick one of our players up in the air. And a bloke that I always uh, always seem to think he could have done better is Harley Dean. So they've got a few decent players, and we're going to have to be uh, on our guard. So I'm going for one each against against Birmingham oh that's negative Ange I've gone 1-0 well, you just said you, you, you thought we'd lose no I said we'd win I said we'd no, win 1-0 I think you I think you were just having a touch of the uh, early onset Alzheimer's no no no, no. I, I think we, we can scrape a win a 1-0 okay. win don't you well, worry we're going to win there let's have a bit of positivity come on who's uh, going to score it then I've got a feeling it'll be um, Doherty if he plays I've got a feel. I just liked how he moved. I think he could make he, from just the cameo he made. He made such a difference on that left side because we were losing all all momentum down the left hand side. It was always coming centrally until Doherty came on and we were breaking down that left side. And if we can do it on both sides when he starts, it'll make such a difference to the way we play. Because we we said on the last podcast, the one we did last time, that the wing backs are such important areas. If you've got pace running up and down those flanks, which we know Smith hasn't got, but at least Smith's got the freedom now because of Wilmot covering. So I've just got this feeling he'll he'll scrape a goal. I, I, do, I don't know where I've got it from, but I'm just, I'm picking out the air, I'm going with it. And if I'm right... <laughs> OK, well, if you're right, good luck. Um... <laughs> Last, lastly, from me, just talking about players here and gone. Do you feel that Nathan Collins was missed yesterday? No, to be honest, um, I, I feel that we've got a real good little player there in Wilmot. Yeah, he's he's a bit rough around the edges, but I feel once he covers the, the way he played, yes, defensively he's got a bit of a shaky side. But most of the rest of his defence has. Let's be honest, every player we've got at the back, apart from maybe Suti. Defensively shaky. I just feel that we've replaced him well or adequately, and I'm not really missing him at all at the moment. We might, I might change my mind later on the season. We'll see how it goes. But I think I like Wilmot. I thought I said yesterday to me, I like that Wilmot. I like how he moves forward. I like how he breaks. I like how he was covering right back whenever Smith was bombing forward. I think we've done well, and it's the first time. Here we go. I'll give it credit now. I'll give credit to the board for replacing him well for minimal of how much we got for Nathan Collins. I think it was brilliant business. I would agree. I think it's um, it's been a long time since uh, you, we've had the feeling of, well, yeah, we've lost that player, good luck to him, 
but we replace him with this and I'm hoping that that's the first of many because there's lots of there's lots of times we've gone completely the opposite way uh, let somebody go and then bought junk yeah and have, do you think we've missed Sam Vokes? Um, the one time I think about Sam Vokes is, and also I thought about it at the start of this podcast is when you talk about playing Sheffield Wednesday and as much as he wasn't played in the right place he wasn't played with the players that would have helped him at Stoke he helped turn the season round with that last minute goal yeah okay hit him and he managed to put it in against Sheffield Wednesday because if we had to won that match I don't think we'd have stayed up so I don't think we missed him I'll always like him for scoring that goal but little else yeah yeah I, I don't miss him at all I think Sully just done more in that cameo than he did in his stoke time, really. But so you'd give him a what out of ten then? Uh, ew, Sam Wilkes. Yeah. As a signing. Yeah. Two. See, I wouldn't have given him that much, but there you go. I'll go with a two. <laughs> Anything else you want to discuss? Right. Well, we we'll just wanted to uh, quickly talk talk about the supporters' council because, of course. Uh, that's been happening this week. I've obviously put my name forward to try and get on this time. Can you just tell the supporters how they can get involved around it? Yeah, well, I'm not going to tell the supporters to vote for you, Ian, because there's, um, I think there's 13 candidates to vote for, but um, obviously you're one of them and you can vote for several of them. So uh, what I would say is that I hope everybody votes. And if you go online on the stokecityfc.com website, you'll, you'll see supporters' councils' elections and you've got two weeks in which to vote. And I do wish you all the best, Ian, because... Uh, you you obviously have have your own thoughts and everybody that stands for council does it because they want the best for the football club and it would be really nice I've been on it a few years now and it'd be really nice for other people to take the place of myself and um, other people that are going to stand down or have stood down um, and and make just try and make the decisions right for the football club from the fans point of view because all that we want is the best for the fans and um, I wish you every, every success and I hope everybody listening to this podcast votes and let's just hope that you're number seven in the voting list because if you're number seven in the voting list you know you're going to get a vote from me because it seems to be the only number I know. <laughs> well let's hope I'm in. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I won't make a difference so I, I, I obviously love this club that's why I do a podcast because this podcast obviously it costs me money I don't do it for you know, making money. So it's it, you know anything to do with Stoke and me being more involved with it. Um, I'd, I'd be very honoured and happy if people vote me on. It'd be a great thing for me. I know you're on it. I know um, Ben off who does the Wow Wi Files is on it as well. And I think it's a good thing. And I've I've got things to say, and hopefully I can I can make a difference on the board if I get on. So if anyone does vote for me, I'm very thankful for it. And. I think that's it for the podcast now, aren't you? I think that's been a good one. I think we'll let you go. Thanks for that, though. It's a pleasure, and we'll see you all again soon, and enjoy your week, everybody. Yes, thanks for that, Ange. Cheers. So that's it, the first one of the season done. I want to thank you for listening, and if you want to get more involved, make sure you go on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and type in The Potters Podcast. You'll find us. Make sure you join us. Also on Facebook, we've got a group called The Potters, which you can join as well and have your say. There's a lot of people already aboard that. Also, if you're listening on iTunes or you're listening on Spotify or anything, make sure you give us a like and a, and a share, and even give us a five-star review if you can. So thanks for listening. ta All the best.